0: coming up should the Utah Jazz trade the number 16 pick the number 28 pick and try to move up and I'm going to be going over a mock draft that I did with the lead and some of the other people in that network Um, going over some of my selections for the Utah Jazz as well as one selection for the Dallas Mavericks and um, examining that and feeling seeing how we how we think about it um spoiler alert it was not my favorite draft but I did my best anyways let's get started okay so one interesting note came out this week um and it was from Mark Stein I believe feel free to check fact check me on that but he mentioned that the Utah Jazz might be interested in trading their number 16 pick and their number 28 pick to move up and Historically, using two picks, two first round picks, one that's later in the first round and then one that's kind of earlier, you're probably not gonna get up too far. Like this isn't gonna move the Jazz into the top eight. It definitely isn't gonna, it's definitely not gonna move them there. It probably wouldn't move them into like the top 10 either. So you're kind of looking like right outside or right there at 10. Um, And it's possible that other assets are attached, but for the sake of this thought experiment, for the sake of this podcast, I'm just going to be looking at what it would look like if they traded number 16 and number 28, looking at some of those teams in that range, um, including Dallas, OKC, Toronto, and New Orleans, who I think are all um, decent candidates. And then seeing if we can find the right fit, the right team, um, right, right place to trade. And also just why why on earth would the Jazz do that? So starting with that last question, why would the Jazz want to trade number 16, number 28 to get into like the 11, 10, 10 to 14 range? Yeah, I I think that's probably the range you're looking at. So there are a couple of reasons. If we're looking at the Jazz roster next year, you might not have a ton of open spots and you definitely won't have enough playing time for three rookies. Two rookies on the other hand, you do have enough spots and you very possibly could have enough playing time for both those rookies, depending on kind of where their production is and if the jazz make any other moves and um, just who the rookies are. So, Because of that, I think it's possible that the Jazz move up. Also, the nature of this specific draft class makes it so that there are certain prospects that... In my opinion, this draft, after about number 9, number 10, it starts to get really murky. I just think a lot of the prospects from like 10 to almost 20 are all so different and there are guys in there that you could really like. So there's the argument that the jazz could be getting the same value of prospect at 16 as they could at say number 10. But the other argument, the other side of this that I think is worth considering if you're a fan, if you're not in the front office and not in those conversations is that the jazz might fall in love with somebody and they might become completely enamored with somebody. And we've seen this before. We've seen this with the Jazz front office. We saw it as recently as 2023 or 2017 when the Jazz decided to move up and draft Donovan Mitchell in a trade that included um, their pick that year, which I think was in like the early 20s for Tyler Lydon, Trey Lyles, and then they traded them to Denver for the number 13 pick, which eventually became Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz loved Donovan Mitchell. They knew he was their guy that draft, and so they did everything they could to be able to move up. And honestly, thank you, Denver. Um, obviously, it it did not destroy your franchise. You just won a fr- you just won a championship. It wasn't a horrific miss, and overall, you're you're probably okay missing on it because you have won a championship now, and Donovan Mitchell has moved on from the Jazz, but still was a great pick at the time honestly was a great pick for the jazz has paid dividends since all that to say if the jazz find somebody that they like in this range, they could absolutely explore trading up. Um, and they're like a couple of guys that I, I think are really interesting because they're probably not going to be around at 16, but they could be around towards 11 or 12. So looking at some of the ESPN, Tank-a-thon, um, all of the big mock drafts tankathon has in this range they have Casein Wallace at 11 Jordan Hawkins at 12 County George at 13 Nick Smith Jr at 14 Jalen Hood at 15 Kobe Buffkin at 16 and then Leonard Miller 17 Bryce Sensabaugh 18. so that's kind of that's kind of the group in my opinion um extending from Casein Wallace to about Bryce Sensabaugh. And give or take a couple guys. There's also a possibility. Sorry, one name I did not include that I think is absolutely fits in this group is Bilal Kulabali out of uh, Mets ninety two, the kid from France that's been popping up, going shooting up draft boards lately. So there's a lot of possibilities here, and I think the 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 main takeaway that you should have is that the Jazz just need to find the right partner. And they also need to find the right kid or the right player um, that they know is going to get selected before to make this scenario worth it. Because bringing in three rookies isn't the worst thing. I I mentioned that you probably don't have enough time to play all three of them, but I don't know. Taking a swing on somebody at number 28, like a JG Jackson or Julian Phillips, somebody with... Seemingly high upside, but also could end up being a big bust. Um, That might be worth it. I don't know. Anyways, for this scenario, let's look at some of these teams, Um, starting with number 10. And I think it it really starts interesting at number 10 because you have the Dallas Mavericks picking at 10. And there are a lot of ways that they could pivot this offseason. I predict that Kyrie Irving resigns and that they have largely a similar core as to last year it sounds like christian wood will not be on the roster that's probably an okay decision if you're dallas he doesn't add too much as far as what they need so you have luka kyrie and then you kind of have some pieces around it you got Reggie bullock you got josh green um you have maxi kleba and then it starts to get pretty scary and just uh, jaden hardy i think he's a guy he's definitely going to be a good player But I don't know if he's ready yet. And after that, it's like you're looking at JaVale McGee. You're looking at Davis Pertons, Tim Hardaway Jr., who I think is a a fine player. I just don't know if he's what Dallas needs right now. So it honestly starts to get a little bit scary if you're Dallas. If you're Dallas and you could move from one pick to two picks. Try to get a little bit more depth. Find somebody at, say, 28 that could just play a couple minutes every game, give you some good defense. There are guys in that range. Like if Dallas was able to land a Jaime Hawkins Jr., that would be a really good pick. Or if they decided to swing for the fences, kind of like they did with Jaden Hardy last year, that could end up being a good pick. Um, And then whoever they get at number 16 is probably going to be a rotation player. The name that I think makes the most sense for Dallas and a player that, easily could be available at number 16 is Derek Lively. He is right now on ESPN. He is the 19th best prospect. Um, they have him number 19 on their board. I think he gets drafted a little bit higher than that because outside of Victor Wembanyama, he is the best center in this draft class in a draft class that granted it's not a great draft for centers, but Derek Lively is somebody who's going to come in. He's going to start playing really good defense immediately. I was very impressed watching him on the defensive end at Duke. Um, and as far as just like putting a player next to Luca, we always talked about putting Rudy Gobert next to Luca and how that would be a really good fit for Luca. I think Derek Lively falls into that exact same category. Um, he's able to move his feet as a defender. He is also able to play really well and drop. He's going to make defense easier for his teammates. It might not be immediate, but... I think he's has a lot of upside on the defensive end. And then playing as a lob threat with Luca, he's going to get a lot of easy baskets like that. And he's somebody that can finish plays like that. So I think he would be a great fit for them. They could benefit from moving down, ending up with one, maybe two rotation players. And then you can fill in other blanks um, as far as the trade goes. Like if Dallas feels like they need – Maybe um, some more compensation that if they need like a trade exemption, exception, um, whatever it ends up being, I think Utah would be flexible, especially if there is a guy in this range that Utah likes. Moving on to number eleven, you have the Orlando Magic picking at number eleven. Personally, I see, I think they're going to stay put with the eleventh pick. Um, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for them. However, there is a scenario. Um, and the scenario would include them being high on somebody that would be available at 16. Say they get, say they really like a guy like Jordan Hawkins, um, who I think would be a great plug and play guy in Orlando. He adds an instant off-the-catch, off-ball shooting element that Orlando desperately needs, and he's also a player that's played in big games. I think that is going to translate on some level to the the next level to the NBA. So if I'm Orlando, I would absolutely be interested in that. I think he could end up being a very good fit. And you could end up getting, hey, you could end up bringing in another draft pick. I don't know if bringing in three, maybe four rookies to Orlando makes sense for them. And so for that reason, I'd be skeptical. Um, I'd be skeptical if I were them to want to move out of that spot. I think the more likely scenario is that they move out of number six, and I touched on this in the last podcast. I think the Jazz would be a great fit to trade with them, and they probably just take home two rookies, which is great. If you're Orlando taking home two guys in the lottery, I think that would be a home run. Anyways, all that to say, Orlando could be a, a potential trade target here. I just don't think that they're the most likely. Number 12, picking at number 12, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is where things get interesting because OKC has so many assets. They're in a very interesting spot as a team. I don't think, similarly to Orlando, I don't think bringing in a couple, I don't know, maybe bringing in two rookies is good for them. Um, They're... Man, the way that their team is constructed is so interesting right now. It's time for some of these guys to start getting paid. I'm really curious to see what go- their roster is going to look like in like a couple of years. Because let's say they pick at number 12 and they take a guy like Keontae George and he hits. Then you're in a position where you're having to pay Shea Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams. Chad Holmgren, Keontae George, or somebody like that, whoever it ends up being, they're going to have to pay a lot of guys. So I think it's in their best interest to look at getting role players. And once you get to number 16 in this draft, I think that's where you start seeing guys that are a lot more on the side of being a role player. Similarly to Dallas, I think they could benefit from having a guy like Derek Lively. Um, history suggests that a guy like Chet Holmgren might have a hard time staying healthy in this league. And the fact that he's already missed one year of play doesn't bode well for his future. Bringing in a guy like Derek Lively would be incredible for a team that desperately lacks size. We saw it towards the end of the season. Um, They played in a couple key games, play in games, games that would have gotten them into the playoffs had they won. And they were severely lacking size. They had Jalen Williams, Jalen with a Y L I N um, playing a lot of center and while he I think he did good as like a small ball five that's not the long term answer if you're OKC I think you need a, a true rim protector and I think Derek Lively could be that guy. So if you're OKC you might be looking at that and being and say hey we could we could absolutely move down in this draft um looking at it a little more closely they have the 12th pick and then they kind of don't have anything after that. It's just the twelfth pick. So if they walk out of this draft and they say, "Hey, we want to bring in two more rookies. We want to bring in even more youth um, and kind of keep this thing going, just slowly but surely, maybe developing a guy, bringing whoever comes in at number two twenty-eight on a two-way contract or whatever that looks like," I think they could be a prime trade candidate. And if you're the Jazz. Maybe you throw in another pick, maybe OKC gives you the draft rights back to your number to your 2024 pick. I think that's a very interesting scenario and they could be a good, good trade partner for the Jazz. I think there's a lot to gain for them there and getting up to that, like number 12 spot would be very interesting. Number 13 is Orlando. Here's where things start getting or number 13 is Toronto. Toronto. Here's where things start getting a little bit shaky. I don't know if Toronto is a great fit for a trade partner right now. Um, However, they could benefit from having two rookies on their roster as well. I think we are going to see a youth movement in Toronto. They have a new head coach. It's likely that Fred Van Vliet is gone. Gary Trent Jr. also has a player option that he can opt in or opt out of, try to go get some more more money on the market. Og Inobi is a very likely trade candidate, as well as Pascal Siakam. I think there might be something there with Portland. Toronto is a very interesting candidate. And if Utah sees that there's somebody they can get at 13, that they can't get at 16, and that that player or that Toronto would be interested in simply the 16, the 28, and it's that simple. Then that could be very beneficial for both teams. Utah could get their guy that they want. Toronto could walk out of this draft with two rookies, which might be a better situation. Hey, maybe they end up with three. Maybe they trade up for like the number three pick and walk out of here with three rookies. Then if you're them, you're probably feeling a little bit better about your future. You got some guys that you can develop slowly and build around. So I think Toronto is a prime candidate. Um, A lot needs to shake out in Toronto, though. I think you still need to see what happens with Gary Trent Jr. and his option. And I don't know. If you're the Jazz, I think it, it could make sense if there is that guy. All of this is contingent on the Jazz finding a guy that they really like. And then being able to move up from there. Coming in at number 14, this is probably where... I mean, I I would say the same thing about Toronto, but it almost doesn't make sense to trade up because maybe there is a guy that you've absolutely fallen in love with, but I kind of think the guys around this area are all at like the same tier. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know how much of a difference there is as far as value between a guy like Jalen Hood Shafino and Kobe Bufkin and Bryce Sensabaugh. Those are kind of the guys that you're getting in this area. So I don't know if New Orleans is a perfect candidate. New Orleans is running into an interesting problem. Um, Take the Zion Williamson equation all out of it. And they're going to have to start paying some guys. CJ McCollum is making a good chunk of money. Brandon Ingram is making money. Zion Williamson is. And then you start getting to Herb Jones, who's a really good player. Trey Murphy is a really good player. Dyson Daniels, what's he going to develop into? We saw a lot of flashes last year that can make you believe that he is going to be a really good lead guard in the NBA and a really good defender. So they're running into the same problem that OKC is running into, that Orlando could run into in a couple of years, where it might just be really difficult to pay all of your guys. And so they could look at trying to offload some salary and maybe moving down in the draft bringing in a guy at 28 who hey maybe he hits and you probably don't have to pay him as much when a guy at 16 so i think if you if you're new orleans it could make sense to bring in a little bit more youth um and hopefully save money in the long run if you're the jazz does it make sense though Because like I said, I do think there is a lot of upside from having three draft picks and being able to take somebody at 28. The the names I mentioned, Gigi Jackson, uh, Julian, Julian Phillips out of Tennessee, Amari Bailey out of UCLA. He's somebody I would take a flyer on personally. There are interesting guys right there. And while they might not be the best players in the draft, they might have a lot of upside to bust. You can get a lot of good value at 28 if you make the right pick. So ultimately, I don't see I don't see New Orleans being the trade partner. I really think it's going to be between Dallas, OKC, possibly Orlando, and then possibly Toronto. And New Orleans and Atlanta at number 15 are probably out of the equation. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to go over the mock draft that I did with the lead and show you guys who the Jazz picked. Okay, everybody, with the lead, I performed a mock draft. I ended up picking for the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. I'll run through the picks and then kind of explain some of my logic with the picks. Also, NBA draft tomorrow. I hope this gets you excited. I hope it gets you fired up. There's going to be so much to watch for, so much excitement going on. Um, Definitely give me a follow on at Jazzlead on Twitter. I will be... Posting updates. I'll be trying to follow the news as closely as I can. And it's going to be a really exciting day for Jazz fans, for all NBA fans. Okay, in the mock draft, to nobody's surprise, coming in at number one is Victor Wembanyama to the Spurs. The Charlotte Hornets ended up picking number two, and Scoot Henderson went to the Charlotte Hornets. I think that's the right call. If I'm Charlotte, I'm absolutely going in on Scoot Henderson. Ultimately, I think talent is what you need more than anything if you're Charlotte. And you also need somebody who really cares. And Scoot's going to be a guy that really cares. Number three, if you're Portland, uh, Portland is taking Brandon Miller. Good pick. Um, I actually, I really like how he would play in Portland. If you're Portland, I think you're trying to trade Anthony Simons this off, so this summer. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe not. But you could be rolling out a lineup of Damian Lillard, Shaden Sharp, Brandon Miller, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Narkic on opening night. That's an interesting lineup. There's defense. There's shooting. Um, I think Brandon Miller is going to be somebody that pops in his rookie season and is going to help wherever he lands. He's going to help that team win games. Number four, the Houston Rockets select Amon Thompson. I think this is a good fit with their current roster. I talked a little bit about what's happening in Houston with James Harden and how that all needs to play out. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's an interesting situation still. However, if Houston is just drafting solely for talent and ends up wanting to get a guy that can lead their team on offense, um, be a facilitator, play alongside and Sangun, play really good defense. I think Amen Thompson would be an incredible pick. Number five, the Detroit Pistons. This is this one's surprising, all right? You ready? Taylor Hendricks. Um, Taylor Hendricks is a guy that I've really liked to go into the jazz, so I thought this was an interesting pick by Detroit. I think something like this could happen. You could have a guy that is mocked right around the 9 to 11 range that ends up going top five or top six. And Taylor Hendricks is probably the prime candidate for this because of his size, his defense, his shooting. Um, there's a lot to like about Taylor Hendricks and he's going to help a team immediately. So he ended up going number five to the Detroit Pistons. Number six, the Orlando magic selected Cam Whitmore. This is a home run pick. If you're the Orlando magic, I think he is a guy that could fit really well alongside Franz Wagner and Paulo Bancaro. He probably would start out being as more of a spot up shooter, but there's a lot more to his game as far as being like a cutter. A, a very explosive attacking the rim athlete. Um, Camp Whitmore would just be a really good pick for Orlando at number six. At number seven, I think this is going to be a very popular pick um, on mock drafts, especially the week of the draft. Jairus Walker going to the Indiana Pacers. I think he's a great fit for them. He probably is going to play really well with Tyrese Halliburton. And I also think you can pair him with Miles Turner, and that's a pretty solid front court as far as your defense and your versatility. Jarvis Walker is able to do a lot with the ball in his hands and I think he would showcase that well alongside a group of Indiana shooters and um also if his shot isn't great then you'd have Halliburton, Turner, Mathurin, uh Duarte, Buddy Hill, I don't know whoever that other guy is and you have some solid shooting out there. I'd feel really good about that pick if I'm Indiana. The eighth pick, the Washington Wizards. So the Wizards situation is interesting because there was a report that they worked out Kaysen Wallace, and then right after that workout, he canceled all of his future workouts, specifically the one with the Atlanta Hawks. So rumor is like, did they make a promise to Kaysen Wallace? I think it's possible. Anyways, in this draft, they ended up taking Asar Thompson, and I think he'd be a really good fit. Um, with Washington. And if they do end up trading Beal, then he is a guy you can start building around immediately. I think he would be a very interesting player to just, hey, we'll give you a season with the ball in your hand, see what you can do, see what kind of upside you have, and go from there. Coming in at number nine, the Utah Jazz's first pick, Anthony Black. So I made this pick. Um, On the board, some of the top prospects I had behind some guys that I like were Bilal Koulibaly, Keontae George. Um, I mean, those are Kobe Buffkin is a guy that's been at nine. Kaysen Wallace as well. But I ended up choosing Anthony Black. I think his combination of size, defense, and playmaking is going to make him a really good rotation player from day one. If he develops a consistent shot as well as improves as a finisher at the basket, then he has really high upside and probably all-star upside in my opinion. So I think this would be a really good pick for the Jazz at number 9. I think he is the most talented player at on the board at that pick and he'd be your future point guard for the next couple of years. And that's a very exciting um that's a very exciting prospect to have. At number 10, I also selected for the Dallas Mavericks. I chose Bilal Kulabali. And the logic behind this one is what do the Mavericks need? They need defense. They need somebody that will come in that doesn't necessarily need to take touches from Luka Doncic, but can come in, be a cutter, has a little bit of shooting upside, plays really good defense, um, gets out in transition, can help speed up their tempo when it gets slow. Bilal Kulubali would be a great fit right here. Ultimately, I don't think this is the pick that Dallas would make. I do think it does make more sense for them to take a guy like Derek Lively, but it's the pick that I made for Dallas at number 10. At number 11, the Orlando Magic take Greedy Dick. Um, That's very popular. I think that's going to be what happens on draft night at number 11. At number 12, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Casey Wallace. Great, great pick. I think he would fit well alongside some of their other guards and forwards. Um, I don't know if he would enter and kind of play a sixth man role or if he would play a different role. The thing is you have so much size in that Oklahoma city backcourt between Shea just Alexander, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, that I think you could probably move some of them around onto the, into the three spot, probably not the four spot, but you'd have some versatility there. And so Kaysen Wallace could come in. He could be, kind of a six man to start his career, play really good defense. Picture Davion Mitchell. I think that would be what OKC wants. And then I think you play a lot of really good minutes for them. So I think that'd be a great pick for them at number 12. Number 13. This one was a little bit perplexing to me. Derek Lively went to the Toronto Raptors. And the reason I think it's perplexing is because if you're Toronto, your foundation is Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes isn't somebody that has found his jump shot yet. There's upside there. His mid-range jump shot has looked pretty good. But they haven't found uh or they haven't found his like three-point shooting that kind of creation on the perimeter from Scotty Barnes. If he's gonna be your cornerstone, I think you want to start build finding guys that would fit well around him. And I don't know if Derek Lively is the number one guy there. Um also the Jakob Pertle situation in Toronto, I would imagine that Pirtle re-signs. I don't think that trade was for nothing, and I would expect him to resign there. At number 14 to the New Orleans Pelicans, Keontae George. I think this is a great pick for New Orleans. He's somebody who maybe doesn't play immediately, but can kind of develop in the G League, um, fine-tune some things, and then come in and hopefully develop into a star. I really think Keontae George has star upside as a scorer, And he does have upside to be a playmaker. His size would fit well with the Pelicans and their future. And I just think he'd be a good guy to buy in on. At number 15 to the Atlanta Hawks, Leonard Miller. This is a great pick for Atlanta. He's somebody that hopefully can trade that can get you off of the John Collins situation, that whole crapshoot. Maybe you can look to finally trade John Collins after selecting Leonard Miller. He's somebody that could be your four for the future. If he develops a jump shot, he'd be a really good four for that Atlanta squad. And I would be curious to see how he develops under Quinn Snyder and in that system. Okay, I'm going to get to this next pick, and then I'm going to run through them pretty fast. Number 16, Utah Jazz are on the board again. Some of the guys that are on the board right now. Or Kobe Bufkin, Jett Howard, Jalen Hood, Chaffino, Jarik Whitehead. Ultimately, my pick was was Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State. The other guy I was thinking about was Jalen Hood Chaffino, and I just I didn't like the pairing of him and Anthony Black. I didn't think it made sense to take both of them in this at this. Stage of the draft. Um, I don't know. I just I didn't love the idea of taking both of them. So I went with Bryce Sensabaugh, a guy who is going to come into the league as a good shooter, um, a really good scorer. I think he could be somebody that comes off the bench for the Jazz, especially if they lose Jordan Clarkson or if they make some other trade. He's somebody that could come in and help be a scorer. And with flexibility and room to grow in Utah, that might just be the perfect situation for him. So I took Bryce Enzema at number 16. Okay, going to gonna run through these last ones pretty quick. Number 17, the Los Angeles Lakers took Derek Whitehead. Number 18, the Miami Heat took Chris Murray. Great pick, Heat culture. Number 19, the Golden State Warriors selected um, Kobe Bufkin. Yeah, sorry, I'm just, I want to make sure I got all these picks right. Yeah, okay, so at number 19, the Warriors select Kobe Buffin. Buffkin. At number 20, the Houston Rockets select Jet Howard. Number 21, the Brooklyn Nets select Nick Smith Jr. 22, they select Noah Clowney. Probably two pretty good picks for them. At number 23, the Portland Trailblazers select Andre Jackson Jr. He was a riser. Um, I don't see him going in that range, but interesting pick nonetheless. Number 24, the Sacramento Kings select Maxwell Lewis. At 25, the Grizzlies select Jordan Hawkins. 26, the Pacers select Colby Jones. I could see that being a great fit for the Pacers. Number 27, the Charlotte Hornets select Jordan Walsh. Very interesting. And we are not at number 28, where the Utah Jazz are picking. Jalen hood Shafino is still on the board. Um, I do believe... People, maybe this is the human error of it all, but I think we kind of forgot about Jalen Hood Shafino in this draft, so I'm not going to stress about it too much. Um, I at the number 28 pick was thinking about a couple of different guys, I was thinking about Brandon Podzie, Podziemski. Sorry if I'm butchering that name. Noah Clowney is a guy that I liked, but he ended up going a little bit earlier, as well as Maxwell Lewis. I thought about Jaime Hawkins Jr. Um, I thought about Julian Strother. The pick I went with was Gigi Jackson. Now, there's a lot going on with Gigi Jackson, and he is somebody that I would predict to fall down deep on draft night. He's the kind of guy that if you take him too early and you're the GM and he doesn't hit, then he's getting fired. But if you're the Utah Jazz, you've already taken two draft picks. Taking somebody with his kind of upside at number 28 that, hey, he might bust. But he also might hit. And if he does hit, then that would be a home run pick at number 28. So I think Gigi Jackson was the num- was a solid pick at number 28. Um, that is what I ended up doing. To finish out the first round, at number 29, the Indiana Pacers select Julian Strother. And the Los Angeles Clippers select Trace Jackson Jr. Trace Jackson Davis at number 30. So that was the lead mock draft. Um, pretty interesting. The Jazz walk away with Anthony Black, Bryce Ensova, and Gigi Jackson. Anyways, thank you everybody for listening. I appreciate your support on the podcast. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Um, Also, feel free to follow me on Instagram. Follow me. Wherever you get your pod wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or on all of it. I appreciate the support and I am so excited for the draft tomorrow. Hopefully the jazz walk away with Camboy War. See you later.